listeners. That was weird. But anyway. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. Listeners to another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Yay! I'm Wendy and this is my co-host. Melissa. And this is an extra special episode. We're doing something new, a new format, and we have two guests. Yeah. 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 We are joined by Barb. That's me. Hi guys. And also David. Hello. And we are going to do a compare-contrast essay. Yeah, we're because we're going to be judgy about this. Because, oh, yeah. oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, we're, we are taking on Sweeney Todd. That's right. Yep. And so we got, we got two people who had never seen any version of the story of Sweeney Todd. And, and they're joining us, you know, Wendy and I being experts on Sweeney Todd. Oh, they're <laughs> opinionated. That's for damn Yeah, sure. we, we have opinions about Sweeney Todd. And, and we are going to watch, first of all, the Johnny Depp... Tim Burton, Sweeney Todd, Helena Bonham Carter, Hen- Helena Bonham Carter, you know that, that whole thing. There's a gesture and a face. Yeah, and and the certain costumes and all that. Yeah. yeah, and then we are going to watch, of course, the Angela Lansbury, George Hearn Broadway videotape of their Broadway performance. Was it George Hearn or was it Lynn Carew in the video? It is George Hearn in the performance. Lynn Carew Lynn originated Carew. the role and is who you will hear on the Broadway cast recording. See, we have opinions and knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> See how he led into that, Wendy? Because <laughs> Melissa and I were like, yeah. oh, let's do a compare contrast of two versions of the same story. And so we said, hey, let's do Sweeney Todd. And then I'm like, you know what? What if we got somebody who had never seen it, because you and I already have very strongly formed opinions about this. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah. So then that's where our, our for science. Our, our guinea pigs come in. <laughs> for science. Thank you, <laughs> guinea pigs. Cool. By all means, definitely. <laughs> so Glad to be good here. Times. Good times. So it, it, to help us embark on this quest, we do have a rather nice uh, Castle Rock winery Pinot Noir Whose cap I screwed off uh, just a few moments ago, and we're enjoying that right now. Class. And it's already mostly empty, and so I'm sure we will move on to something else later. True. Hey, yeah. what do you guys know about Sweeney mm-hmm. Todd before we start? Um, they sing, and they chop up people and eat them. Okay. Only thing I know about Sweeney Todd is the, the one scene in Jersey Girl that they recreate on the stage. That was from Sweeney Todd. That's the only Ooh. thing I know about it. <laughs> All right. All right. It's true. It's true. All right, then. I, I would like to, to start out that today I came home from work about 15 minutes early, and I also watched the 1936 version of Sweeney Todd, <laughs> which is not a musical. It predates a musical. Um, but um, the history of this story, since I do this sort of thing, like a, the history of this story, um, the story of Tr- Sweeney Todd originated in a penny dreadful serialized novel called uh, String of Pearls. Hmm. Uh, which was published in, like, the 1840s, if I remember right. And, you know, when compiled together, it's about 700 pages long or something horrifying like that. So there have been many, many stage and uh, even movie versions of this story predating the musical itself. Oh, yeah. This is, it's like an urban, a London urban legend. Yeah. Right. Everybody knows the story of Sweeney Todd and, oh, that Mm -hmm. creepy, oh, yeah, the barber who put people, like, baked people into pies. Yeah, yeah, I know that story. Yeah. Everybody knows it's, um, it's like, uh, what's your toes who gave her father 40 wax? Oh, Lizzie Borden? Yeah, Mm -hmm. right. It's a cultural myth, probably not based in truth, but then again, Victorian London was a messed up place, so let's not, yeah, let's not be so sure about that. And then, of course, uh, Stephen Sondheim, being kind of a weird man, uh, mm-hmm. said, "You know what I want to do? I'm going to take that story and I'm going to make it a musical. That'll be fun." 
So the the musical itself originated in the late seventies. I somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Broadway version, ver, the version, the Broadway version we are going to watch tonight is uh, nineteen eighty two. Yeah. It then up. it would be yeah. It would yeah. be it would be late eighties. That makes late seventies. Pardon me. Yeah. Late seventies. Yeah. Math. Um, <laughs> well, they were doing really edgy stuff on Broadway in the late seventies. Oh so. yeah. 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 And, and I, I really, really adore this musical as I know Wendy does too. Yes, it's true. All right. So let's get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's watch stuff. All right. You, sir, how about a show? Come and visit your good friend, Sweeney. So what was your reaction again, Barb? (laughs) That was it. (laughs) (laughs) It does just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like really, just no, no wrap up. No, not even a pan out to the rest of the city. Just nope. Just okay. Everybody's dead and dripping and dripping. Yeah, yeah. And but. I find it fascinating that the amount of blood spray depends on a, apparently where the camera is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wanted to reach the camera mm-hmm. because. Toby slits his neck in the exact same way that he's been slitting necks. And when he did it, it was just. (laughs) And when Toby does, it's just a nice little drip. Dribble, dribble, dribble. Trickle, dribble, dribble. Yeah. I just keep thinking Macbeth, you know, who knew the old man had so much blood in him? (laughs) (laughs) Just blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Out it goes. And and he remains upright, which is also kind of. Oh, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So. The theory there is that I think, I think is the, the, his wife's dead body was propping him up. So it was Not a counterbalance. Not that much, though. I, mean, yeah, I think it was a counterbalance. I think she was, like, leaned over over the body, and so then his body couldn't go anywhere on. Because oh, there was even, also, like, an arm that, like, stays at, like, a 90-degree angle. <laughs> it doesn't even, like, fall naturally to his side. His elbow stays at an angle. I don't I, They could have had him slumped all the way over the body. Mm-hmm. I agree. Right. Yeah. But no, he, it's a very unnatural ending pose. You yeah. couldn't see the dribble, though, of his body at the wall. Yeah, they could have gotten the dribble effect, and then he could have fallen. They could have gotten everything they needed. So besides, I, I, think his, I think his wife is a blood magnet. So yes. It just, yeah. yes. I, I had to... I felt so bad for the actress, because I don't think that was a dummy head. Oh, I think that yeah. was her that yeah. they were just dripping blood on. <laughs> yeah. And she had to not flinch or react. Through, through the mouth. Through oh. the eyes. It was a lovely shade of paint, though. I mean, really, for the blood, it was just... Yes. Yeah, you know, that would have... It was a very Argento all... sort of shade. Of it's, it, yeah. it's really interesting that, you know, the, the people in that day of England had, you know, such such a high iron count for such bright red blood. <laughs> yes. Yeah, really impressive, really. Um, uh. He's really profligate with the blood, too. I mean, seriously, if it was splattering all over the place like that, he'd be having a hell of a time cleaning himself and his chair up. I was, I was wondering. I was that wondering. Was thing. I was wondering how many white shirts he owned, because they're hard to get out. Yeah, and he and he kept like, and it would just spray and get all over him, and then the next he'd be in another white shirt. I'm like, I think my favorite was the whole like, I'm going to cover myself in blood, but I'm just going to put a jacket on because then you can't tell. <laughs> yeah, not at all. After the first guy, yeah, mm-hmm. he was just like, oh, I'm just going to put this jacket on, and there was. No way that any blood was left on the floor. Oh, no. none at all. Or spatter on the walls, right. the windows. Right. You know, I just wanted those, you know, guys from CSI to come in with the... <laughs> the black know, light? With the black light to see what was going on in that room, because... <laughs> oh, my sweet Jesus! <laughs> what the hell? The entire place glows. It's like uniform. <laughs> so, besides that, what what other thoughts did you have about the story in the movie? So, you have... Sweeney Todd, who apparently has like a hard on for his knives or blades. Oh yeah, obsession. Uh, well, sure, okay. Then you have crazy chick, who has a hard on for Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. And then you have Sasha Baron Cohen, who just has a hard on. Period. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. What the hell was going on in those blue I was like, pants? There was just a lot of crotch. Yeah. And it was just like, he walked out and I was like, all I see is, all I see is penis. I think that's what you were meant. I believe that well, was his performance. Yes. It was like, you know what? You know what? I'm gonna, because every, I don't know about other actors, but a lot of actors will ground their character in like one 
one detail and like this this helps this is like sort of my switch or my touch point of this is what I know about this character and I feel like his touch point was this is a man who stuffs his crotch because mm-hmm. I was studying it this time because of course first time I was like what the fuck is going on down there but I think it it like goes in the wrong direction. It's it's like not even. It's like too far to the side. It's, it's like really. It's cons- not actually attached to where that thing is supposed to attach. But it's I think very that's like conspicuous a- and very wrong looking. Yes, <laughs> that's like a pair of socks that have kind of you know jostled off, jostled off to the side a little. Yeah. David? I have no comment on it. <laughs> there, was just, there was just absolutely nothing I could say or, or even contemplate that would that would that would remark on, on what I what I witnessed and saw. There's, there's just no way. About the penis? About the penis. You yes. could comment on something else. I, I, I think there were a lot of overcompensation going on with several of the characters, including, you know, the actor with the stick. Um, yeah, what was oh, the beetle? Oh, the yeah, beetle. the stick in the uh, yeah, there's a lot of penile. There's a lot things. of there's a lot of mm-hmm. penile things in the mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also a lot of dark eye makeup. Yes. And and I I presume at some point like really overly did did somebody hit you? Yeah. But, or, was... but, but the, and with the whites, but I presume at some point Tim Burton is just going to make a kabuki play. Just yes. That, and that, that that will be it. That will be like the pinnacle of Tim Burtonness. <laughs> He's been working towards it his whole career. Yeah. <laughs> Just this. My problem is you're supposed to obviously the judge is supposed to be creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the problem is it's Alan Rickman. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't work. No, it really doesn't. No. Because I'll buy him as a homicidal maniac in Die Hard, yeah. but he's still somebody I'd probably have sex with. I would, yes. I would regret it. <laughs> right. I would be like, this is a poor choice, but I would probably enjoy the experience. <laughs> right, right. You'd wake up the next morning and see him on TV, you know, having threatened to blow up something and be like, shit. Shit, yeah. Yeah. God yeah. Damn it. That but, wasn't a good, that wasn't a good choice. You know, I mean, and even as Snape, He's not remotely physically attractive, but he's not creepy. No. He's, he's, so I'm like, you're trying to get me to believe that he's old and creepy. And all I can think is he looks kind of good in those pants. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't do skeezy. No. no. Yeah. I believe the word is skeezy. Yeah. He doesn't do skeezy. He doesn't creep you out. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, don't touch me. Oh, there's, there's, there's a, a lot of this job. Of that. The Beatle character is a real good skis. Yeah, totally. In a skeezy. lot of different things. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, not Rickman. No. Yeah. There, there's a lot of miscasting in this movie. It's but like, there's uh, yeah, there's a whole age thing. There's a major age problem with just about all the members of the cast. Yeah. You uh-huh. know? And yeah. <laughs> he was he was at sea for fifteen years and he was married with a daughter before that. And they just didn't get the he should age. be he should be like in his forties. Right. And he doesn't even I mean, granted, we know that Johnny Depp is a lot older than he looks, but that's because he's got a portrait in his basement somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> He seriously does. But yeah. he does not read as old and <sighs> I have thoughts about his performance, but we'll watch the other performance and Yeah. And um, and I have a lot of thoughts about Helena Bottom Kerner. Most of them are nice. <laughs> <laughs> It, in it this just, movie. Is it just me or could you not like understand 90% of what she was singing? Ding! Okay, ding, thank you. ding, ding. At first I was like, do I need to go get my ears checked? No, well, no, she, she just. She uh. has a very light voice and she doesn't move her mouth apparently when she, I don't know what was going on there. Maybe the accent was throwing her. Yeah, her, her but she's British. Yeah, she's no, British. it's it's not the accent. She just has this really thin, reedy voice that but and she can't her, really sing. I've heard and her she, perfectly fine in yeah. other movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even like speaking, I'm like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah, it's like the sound mixes off on just her. And 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 also yeah. really overproduced vocally. Yes, yeah, so well, you'd have to just about because you, you can tell she really can't sing. Would you Would you recommend this movie to others? I I would I would have to say personally I I would not recommend it. It's just just my own personal opinion. Why? Um, again, for the reasons that we've all that you've all, we've already touched upon, I I didn't find I. I I found a total lack of character in, in just about almost in all of the characters. So uh, it was it wasn't it wasn't believable. 
to me. Was there any character you even cared about? Not really. I didn't, <laughs> right. I, didn't, I didn't associate myself with anybody. When, when, when the deaths were happening, it was like, well, they're happening. Okay, people are dying. And then at the very end, when he, you knew. As soon as you saw the hands come through the grate, you knew. Okay, he's going to die. That's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. I feel like the only semi-believable character is the daughter who is trapped and she knows that the dude is creepily looking at her through the, like, little peephole. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you're going to lock me away. Okay, I'm going to scream and fight and try to not do this. And then at the end when she's, like, being hidden and stuff, and he's and, and the guy's like, it'll be fine. We'll, we'll, we'll sail away into the sunset and, you know, everything will be happily ever after. And she's the one who's like, no. <laughs> no, it, won't. no, it really won't. It might get better, but no, which, it's like she's the only again. one I think yeah. that has like a slightly realistic view in the movie. <laughs> yeah. of, no, shit's not gonna get any better. Doesn't matter. <laughs> where, did she, where did she get the key from? The key to the to, house. To house. Yeah. I don't. You, you're. She's it, locked. Away. It is un, unknown. It's like she's got the key, but apparently. She, she can't, can't use, use it. it. No. <laughs> you know? It's not the key to her door. It's the key to the front door. So how did, but yeah, but that's just the. I, yeah. It's I an know. open plot hole. It's, it's very, whoa, that whole. Whoa. You want to point out that plot hole? <laughs> I don't, what One of many, plot, but still. Yeah. What other plot holes could you possibly be referring to? <laughs> I, actually, I like, because what you said about Joanna reminded me of Into the Woods, Rapunzel in Into the Woods, who's been locked in a tower, and she finally meets a man, but then he gets blinded, and then she bears twins after she's been, you know, sentenced to go, you know, banished to a desert, and when she runs into the witch again, it's like, and she's she's fucked up. She's just psychotic, and it's like, what's wrong? Oh, gee, I don't know. <laughs> I just locked in a tower, and... I didn't have a life or know the world, and then I fell in love, and then you blinded him, and then I bore twins, and I don't think I'll ever be happy again. And I'm just like, that's realistic. <laughs> and so, yeah, Joanna being like, no, 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 no. It's like, yeah, that girl, that girl's going to have some issues for the rest mm-hmm. of her life. So, yeah, all right, well... That was the Johnny Depp, Helena Bonham Carter, and mostly Tim Burton. Yeah, right, the, the, right. the Tim Burton affair that is Sweeney because Todd. Because nothing happened in that movie that did not have Tim Burton just drooling all over it. <laughs> drooling dark, what is it, Icor? Icor. Yeah, yeah, Icor. 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 But, but you Icor. can tell that from the very opening se- sequence, though. Entire whole CGI opening sequence. Oh, yeah. Was yeah. totally Tim Burton, and you just knew it. You, you, you can tell. It's like, God damn it, I can't use Danny Elfman. What the hell am I right. going to do? <laughs> well, here's some CGI opening sequence that, that'll compensate for it. No. <laughs> can you What's imagine going? Danny Elfman, like, orchestrating Sweeney Todd? Oh, that'd be... That'd it, be something. It'd be dark and jangly. It's kind of dark and twinkly. It'd be, a little, like, it'd be a lot happier. You'd be like have a dance beat. Like, yeah. woo, woo. <laughs> it, okay. All right. We've, we've, got, we've led this dog astray. Shall we watch a, a better version? Yes. This? Okay. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. Is that just disgusting? You have to concede it. It's nothing but crusting. We drink this. You need it. The worst pies in London. All right, so we just finished watching the Angela Lansbury, George Hearn stage production. So much better. It's amazing, isn't it? (laughs) Okay. So, as I was saying uh, before we, uh, you know, as we were, you know, having our pee break and, you know, putting away pizza so we had a place to put the, the microphone, um, the, the lovely thing about playing the Johnny Depp version first is that you couldn't hear Helena Bonham Carter, so watching the musical afterwards means you get to hear all the Mrs. Lovett jokes for the first time yes. as performed by Angela Lansbury. <laughs> and she's brilliant. Yeah, and there's, she's amazing. There's so many. Just little 
Like that whole song, just full, full of the puns. <laughs> yeah. So many puns. So many puns, and they don't land in the movie. It's At my all. biggest complaint with the Sweeney Todd movie, and also with the End of the Woods movie, is none of the jokes land. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. Mm-hmm. And if you're not laughing, you're missing the point. Maybe they're worried about, oh, we don't want it to be too broad. Fuck you! <laughs> it's funny! Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. actually taking notes as I, so I was like remembering like what were they doing wrong? Well, here's a good thing they did wrong because ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, but I can bitch about it forever. Let's oh, yeah. hear from our our neophytes. What what did you notice about the the second performance? Uh, Angela Lansbury was a hell of a lot better of a baker than Helen Bonham Carter. <laughs> Helen Bonham Carter, she did the whole entire thing, like, trying to make pies and roll shit out, wearing fucking lace, like, finger cut off glo- gloves. Because that's goth baking. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And, of course, they had to go for the actual putting the bug in the pie and show you that in the movie. Right. And it's, like, it's funnier when Angela Lansbury just hints at it. Mm-hmm. Or just flat out tells you, these are the worst, worst pies in London. And I love it at the end. She's like, oh, just spit it out on the floor. Huh? Yeah. There's, there's worse stuff than that. <laughs> yeah. And they taste like, well, pity. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. You know how long it took me to realize the, the the rhyme that should have been coming was shitty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that was what? Oh, oh that's yeah. funny. Okay. Yeah. What about you, David? I thought the inflections in the in the, the play were a lot better than musical than it was in the movie because it just seemed like the movie was two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. It's very flat. It's Everything very flat. is on the same level. Exactly. And, and you've got... Just as the minor infer- in- in- inferences uh, that that the musical gives, that the the actors portray, and just the emotion that they that they portray, it just it just comes across. So, were you actually emotionally invested in these characters? I was emotionally invested <laughs> yeah. in these characters. Absolutely. You, you you can't help but be on Sweeney's side. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And it wasn't like Johnny Depp's performance was more obsessive, compulsive. Whereas George Hearn, it was it was okay. I'm 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 truly hurting, and I'm out for revenge. Mm-hmm. You actually feel the pain, but you feel the yeah. pain, yeah. And and then you feel it on all the levels, as opposed to just. I'm a crazy man. And I'm going to kill people. Right. I mean, that's the thing with Johnny Depp's performance. It's all the same from beginning to end. There's no growth. There's no change. From the minute you see him, he's a crazy man who wants vengeance. Right. He's, and he's and he's just kind of emo. Right. Really. He, he you don't get the crest of rage that you, you get out of George Hearn. No, when George Hearn sings Epiphany, yeah. I mean yeah. at the end it's of like, it, watching <laughs> watching Barb and David watch it, they're like, Oh shit. <laughs> that man just went crazy in front of my eyes. That's it. You saw yeah. that you saw the transformance of, of when he truly grasped and, and grabbed a hold of, of being mad. You, you saw the fall of madness. Yeah. In, yeah. The, in the musical. There was no fall of madness in the in the in you know in the movie version at all. Though it's it was just I'm obsessive and I'm gonna I'm gonna get my revenge. Period. And he never yeah. smiles in the movie. Right. Yeah. Not once. He never cracks a joke. He never sees it as being enjoyable or fun. And most horrifying to me is when he discovers Lucy is dead at the end. He never cries. There's no, yeah. yeah, there's no emotion. There's no grief. Exactly. I mean, and there's grief from the moment he steps onto the stage. When he first sings, there is a barber and his wife. He's almost in tears. Mm-hmm. And he, you can, you see immediately that he is wrecked mm-hmm. by this. And he just, he has so much unfinished business and he just wants to know what the fuck is going on and he's wound up i mean from the minute he steps on the stage in the musical he you're just like oh this this man is so tightly wound if he if somebody ever cuts the spring shit's gonna get real (laughs) but but the but he has that wonderful contrast where like when they're dealing with pirelli or have a little priest he is delighted he's yeah. having a riot of a time it, it's like he, he has the capacity for happiness which makes 
his his Very anger twisted. It's, it's so it's twisted. twisted it is it is oh, but, it's, but, you, but it shows but you see relationships right like yeah. you see from the minute he and anthony come on stage together he and anthony truly have there is a warmth and a friendship mm-hmm. there and you can tell that sweeney's not comfortable with it like i don't want friends friends get you into trouble i don't want ties i don't want this emotional entanglement but Oh, how do you not like Anthony? Yeah. He's such a puppy. I mean, honest <laughs> to God, his tail is wagging the entire movie. He's a very tall puppy. Yes. He's just so, like, oh, Mr. Todd, you're so nice. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> I like you so much. But And, and how great is it you actually get to see... Anthony and Joanna oh, fall in love. I mean, yes. but it's also handled in a sort of way where it, it's also kind of a joke. It's kind of playing upon the, hey, I just saw you and I'm in love now. Yeah. <laughs> but what, they do actually yeah. spend some time together. Right. What, yes. But yes. And, and but it's that wonderful scene it, that is entirely absent in the, uh-huh. oh, the yeah. Tim Burton in the, film. In the, Tim Burton. The, the kiss me, oh sir. That um, even though yeah. I still don't know your, your name. name, it's Anthony. Anthony. Oh. <laughs> but the, at the same time, it made more sense because in the musical, she's at a window. The window's open. Somebody's selling birds. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she's seeing that she's talking about the birds that they're selling. In the movie. She's inside behind a window. There was a bird there. There, there was, was a bird that was inside. And so if the bird was inside and she's singing to the bird inside and the window is closed, how is how he, he going to hear? Well, in, in, the, in the musical, she comes down, he hands, he's handing her the bird and he's singing to her. So mm. there is a dialogue happening mm-hmm. in, in the context of movie of musical tropes, he is singing to her, which means he is talking to her. He is saying, "Hi, I I would like to know you. I think you're very. I bought you a bird. I think you're very pretty. I get the feeling you're not very happy, and I'd like to do something about this." So this whole, mm-hmm. as he's singing to her, there is an exchange happening. So they have already spoken and met. Whereas in the movie. They're just staring at each other through a window, like it's creepy. And then she's like, "Oh, there's a strange man down there who keeps showing up and staring at me." Let I me know. just give you my key so you can come up and visit. <laughs> yeah, creepy. <laughs> and speaking of creepy, how about that Judge Turpin? Judge, oh, oh yeah, easy. The way he would Ooh. just reach out and touch things and yes. on rear, where oh, you look so sweet in that light muslin. Yeah. And he chased her up the stairs. Oh my god. And then like she screams and slams the door. We both looked yeah. at each other and go, went, creepy. Yes. Skeezy, skeezy. When um even when he's talking about her to Sweeney and he's like, My ward, and he's like Sweeney. stroking something. You're just like, ugh. God. And and his his teeth are like unnaturally white. <laughs> They're just like they just, they just did the horny old man thing oh, to yeah. a T. Oh, <laughs> just yeah. honestly. They, they, it was it was great. It was just... And then he has a chuckle, <laughs> and you're like, oh god, oh god, oh my pretty little ward, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> But the biggest thing for me as a musical person is when you don't have singers. They never hold the notes out. Yeah. And when you never hold the notes to the full extent and deliver them, the emotion keeps getting cut off. Right. Yep. Well, and and I think a further problem with the Tim Burton musical is that he has mostly cast people who are not professional stage singers. Not that you necessarily need a stage singer in a movie because it's a lot more intimate because you can shove a camera in their face. But... Well, first of all, non-singers, if they can't really sing, they're concentrating on singing and hitting the notes and not really performing. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, this music is written for really talented people. <laughs> this is fairly complex music. And the lead role is written for a baritone. Yep. And, and Johnny starts, Depp ain't no baritone. When he sings those notes, you're like... Oh, yes, that's what it should sound like. Give it to me, George. Uh, uh, the, the world is full of shit. It goes by the name of London. Like, oh, 
Ooh, yeah. There, there, there's something that goes along with a really strong baritone that just kind of, you know, grabs you at the base of your spine and shakes you. And, well, and, when I used that, to... And that, that role kind of requires that. It needs some. It needs yeah. a dark tone. Yeah. And when he delivers, at last my arm is complete again, you really oh God. feel <laughs> like, okay, huh, wow. I'll stay far away from you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you also see that he can be likable and warm and that he does have a relationship with Mrs. Lovett. Because yeah. in the movie, they... They play it for laughs that he's so cold and absent Mm -hmm. to her. It's like, oh, that's so funny. Yeah, except you can play that for laughs, but it doesn't actually make sense in the longer term. Mm -hmm. Right? No, he... They do have a relationship. He is charmed by her. He he thinks she's great. Wow, you're smart. You're right. We should use those bodies to make meat pies. Uh I like the way you think. (laughs) And... How could you do that? Are you crazy? He was good at blackmailing me. Oh, well, then that's, that's fine. That's a different story. <laughs> good job, you. Because that, you, he deserved it. I, I find it so fascinating that these these two versions of the story share almost the exact same script. Like, even the stuff outside of the music is almost exactly the same in terms of dialogue. And they're so different. Oh. <laughs> One fails so hard. <laughs> Oh, hard. Yeah, it, without the Ballad of Sweeney Todd, which is the song that ties everything together, which is completely absent from the Tim Burton movie, you you the, the Tim Burton film misses the closure that yes. the, that the musical has. It it's missing some of its best music. Um, yeah, the Ballad of Sweeney yeah. Todd is the number the number. That when people do Sondheim musical reviews, yeah. people are like, we're going to sing the Ballad of Sweeney Todd, yeah, right? Because right. everybody wants to fucking sing that song. Because yeah, what a great song. Because once you get to the to the end and the the cellos crank up in the in the final iteration of it. And that... It's almost like Jaws, like, oh, yeah. shit, oh, fuck. And then, and then you bring back whoever's playing Sweeney Todd, and he brings in that baritone, and it's like, yes, that's, that is closure, my friend. Yes. That is closure. Yes. Also, but like you said, in the movie, he gets his throat cut, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And in, in the stage play, Toby th- cuts his throat, but the scene goes on. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and you see that Toby has gone mad. Not just that Toby was getting revenge. In in terms of Call of Cthulhu, Toby has had full sand loss. But also in the stage play, he's older. Right. Yeah. And that's important because mm-hmm. if you have Toby older, which you would want to do in a musical anyway, just for consistency for the long haul. Mm-hmm. But if you have Toby older, then it is more obvious that he is simple-minded. Mm-hmm. That he, I mean, they keep referencing, oh, he's a simple lad. They're not just being sweet or, oh, he's just a kid. No, he he's a little touched. Mm-hmm. He probably has some lead poisoning. <laughs> yeah. He drank too much gin. Gin was a poison at that time. Yeah. Right? And so... When this older person who is simple is singing to Mrs. Lovett, it's a lot sweeter mm-hmm. than somebody so profoundly inept. <laughs> it is saying, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you from harm and then and then of course when he gets locked in, he would be completely freaked out, and then there's a dead body, and oh my god! I understand what's going on and I've been eating people. Oh god. <laughs> and it makes more sense that he would then completely have a psychotic break. Mm-hmm. And just what? What? And then, and in the musical, Anthony and Joanna bring the cops in and they see what's been going on too. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, sweet Jesus. And so you get the sense that the community has now realized what happened. And that's how this the story, the tale of Sweeney Todd, gets passed down because mm-hmm. you need the community to see it so that the story can keep going. I will say. There are parts of the movie that do work. And and, and, and Wendy has gotten the weirdest, <laughs> weirdest look on her face. Okay. Okay. You need to back that up with some evidence. I do like how they filmed the By the Sea sequence. Yes. I was actually going to say, yes. that's probably one of my favorite parts, is how... They did that transition and had everything. But they, but okay, but because that that goes into 
that's like Tim Burton lets his dogs loose and he kind of created that whole thing. It it, it it kind of exists very well in its own little package Except of Except that one it, it is still relying on Sweeney not responding. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I like it much better in the musical when he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But but I do like the, the doofy scene changes and mm-hmm. the the Tim Burton world illustration of oh, yeah. that song. But they I cut like the that. best line. They did. They did. Now and then you can do the guess in Down by the Sea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least you couldn't hear it. <laughs> no, they, it's cut. Oh, it is entirely they cut. They never talk about, you know, we can let... We can let out the other room for the mm-hmm. day trippers. They that line. All of the songs in the movie are cut down by oh, yeah. half. Yeah, a yeah. third to a half of of the text is gone. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's a nice motif. Why does it go on so long? For fuck's sake! Oh, I don't know. Maybe because they're saying something important or it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Oh well, they can't sing it anyway. You're right. We should cut it. Blech. What were you gonna say, David? Oh, I was gonna say cinematography wise. The down by the sea in the movie it was really nice it was yeah. they made it really nice however they had to make it nice due to the fact that they didn't have any sort of relationship right. that was built whereas in the in the musical the relationship was there and at the very end mm-hmm. the very last thing that she does is she does the wedding the yeah. wedding thing you know that's it and that's all you really needed i mean yeah. but but you're right i mean visually it was stunning well, of course it is. Everything's been in black and white and red, and the Down by the Sea sequence is the only time it's ever been colorful. And purple and blue, <laughs> yellow, fluffy clouds. And in the musical, she's very colorful. Mm-hmm. She's very colorful. Oh yeah, she comes out in that dress for the you know when she starts serving the the, the, the it, It's got like the glitzy on it. And yeah, the hat, and you well then you can see yeah. that business is booming because look yeah. at her now. Mm-hmm. Right. And the way and the way she's interacting. Oh, I know, dear. Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, it's so bad having. Oh dear, how do I put up with being so popular? <laughs> see to the customers. So. Um, I believe I mentioned this earlier. Um, before everybody came over, I watched the 1936 version of this story, which is called uh, Demon Barber Fleet Street. Black and white film. I can't remember. I think it's a British production. But um, it, it's interesting because it's way pre-musical, which means it's pretty true to what the Penny Dreadful was. And it's very interesting to see how the story itself is different because Sweeney doesn't have this glorious arc. He falls in love with Joanna, who is not his daughter, but, you know, they they fall in love, but she is pining for the sailor dude who has, like, a 20-minute sojourn in Africa that you see in the movie. But, um... whatever uh and then you know the the he wants to kill the judge because the judge is kind of standing in the way of the marriage and it's a very one note character because he starts out as a a murderous cackling villain like very snidely whiplash sort of thing like like dickens gone wrong (laughs) you know i mean sondheim loves to play with yeah with let's take a trope, but let's make it human. Mm-hmm. And so let's take a psychotic serial killer. Yeah. And what what would have driven him to that? Yeah. Let's find out. Let's drive him to that in a musical. That'll be fun. <laughs> Wee! Yay! I mean, and getting your throat slit is a pretty quick way to go. Right. Well, yeah. you know, he, you know, he has sharp razors. I mean, it'd take right. you a while for yeah. to notice pain with something like that. It'd just you be just like kinda... it'd sting, and then you're like, "Why am I sleepy?" Yeah. But so, oh, he's singing. I'm, I'm oh, faint. Oh, what a nice voice. <laughs> right. I mean, pretty he'd women. He'd sing you into oblivion. It'd be very lovely. Yes. Not a bad way to go. No. no Overall, no. I mean, I'm not telling you to kill me. No, I just want, I, and then I if just you're just not quite, but if you're not quite dead yet, that that fall, that last rock, that that's a killer. That is yeah. the one thing in the movie that is very brutal. Oh, is that they, oh yeah, they, they go head smashed. Yeah. Well, that that's actually um, that's part of the penny dreadful was like the design of the chair. Sometimes he slit the the throat before and then did the chair, and you know the chair would break the neck or you know break the neck first and then go downstairs if they weren't quite done yet and saw off the head. You know, 
That <laughs> the chair do. the chair has been part of the Sweeney Todd mythology for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there is something because in the movie he constructs the chair. Yeah. There is something very odd about when the chair gets delivered. You're like, you bought this is this is something you can order. Right. <laughs> it was in the Sears catalog. We forgot to I forgot to mention this in the movie. When the judge hangs a child, it's this weird moment that I think they were trying to go for broad humor, and it just doesn't work. Oh, yeah. It completely just falls flat. And it's it's totally out of scope. Like, we're kind of all over here in Nebraska, and suddenly there's this one moment that's in France. You're just like, what the fuck? (laughs) He's hanging a child? That doesn't even make sense. And you haven't established any of that kind of comedy in this movie, so what? <laughs> very, very weird. They changed it from from four times to two times, and, and changed it from an adult, an adult to a child, mm-hmm. and then it was it was him saying handing down the verdict, verdict, and then quick cut to the child. Then you then you find out that it is a child. Well, I mean, and it's cut like it's a comedy scene, which mm-hmm. is. Horrible. It was a, it was a bad scene all around. Yeah, and it, it's not remotely funny. You're just like, what? Okay, I can see that you thought that that would be funny, but it's not. And not because it's horrifying, but just wow, you just the comedy, woo, missed <laughs> like a fart. Just, <laughs> and and then Epiphany. Epiphany is the song where the judge leaves and he's just like I had him I he was right right. I'm just gonna fucking kill everybody and and of course in the movie it's cool the way he's walking through the street Mm -hmm. and approaching people but it doesn't engage you in the same way as George Hearn just standing there and and duh and then he's like you know what I'm full of joy and the way he says joy you're like Oh God! Well, the and the and the full of joy part part of that works because of that weird key change that that <laughs> final note has, and uh, when you can't really sing very well like Johnny Depp, you can't you, you can't carry you that. can't hit that note yeah, full and, then, and just yeah. scream it out that you're just like oh oh, I mean it's kind of terrifying to watch somebody. Go mad in front of you. Just, yeah. Oh, look, you just went crazy. I mean, you were already troubled before, but I just watched a psychotic break happen. <laughs> Through song. Through song. Exactly. Through song. And then in A Little Priest, because I was watching the movie version, and it wasn't funny. And I think mm-hmm. part of the reason it wasn't funny is they were looking out the window at people. Yeah. Right. right. And they're like, oh, try the priest. And it's funnier when you're looking at a pie. Yeah. Here, try try this flavor, right? And it becomes more obvious so we're talking about a flavor of pie when I'm holding a pie at you. Try the priest. But when you're looking at a person, it's confusing. Mm-hmm. It's actually visually confusing. And the lines don't... Well, you also don't hear half the lines. Well, yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, you literally don't hear half the lines because half of it was cut. And you don't hear half the lines because... Uh, Helen and Bottom Carter. So maybe you get a quarter of the lines. Maybe you get a quarter. Maybe. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. when he's singing the Joanna, where he's like, "It's fine, Joanna, you're here, but now you're gone," and and he's smiling while he's cutting throats, and he's like, "I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm gonna kill this person, but it's all good if I never see you. I'm happy." Way creepier when he's smiling. Mm-hmm. Oh look, Joanna, a star. Hold on. Slit. Slit. <laughs> Isn't it not? Oh, it's so pretty. So, something I love about the musical just as a piece of music is that it's full of this really glorious set of ballads, you know, that mm-hmm. there and and a lot of them are kind of counterpoints to actually what's going on on stage. You know, like what is the name of the song where he's singing to Joanna and slitting throats? Um I don't even know what the title of this. I can't. Is. I can't even remember. But I mean, it's it's gorgeous. It's this just beautiful, beautiful song. 
And it's, and it's, it's horrifying it's, things are happening on stage. Yeah, and it's meant to be this juxtaposition of I'm singing yeah. a very pretty song while I'm murdering people. Mm-hmm. While Anthony is looking for her, I'm singing, I'm fine that I'm never going to see you. I'm saying goodbye to you. Mm-hmm. And, but Anthony is out there still looking for her. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I mean, it's structurally just, it's just so fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing I wrote down is that in the movie, he discovers he just killed his own wife and nothing happens in his face. He's like, yeah. it's my wife. Well, shit. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> And when you see George Hearn notice, he like flies backward 10 feet and immediately starts sobbing. And you feel like he's probably going to just throw up right there on stage. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I did what? Mm-hmm. And it makes. Oh, and, and then he grabs Mrs. Lovett. And, uh, yeah. and, you, and you go. Ah! And like <laughs> nothing good's going to happen. <laughs> The, the switch gets flipped again, and it's oh. like... Oh. He is literally screaming, What have I done? Oh, Mrs. Lovett, you're right. And you're just like, uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> that shit's gonna go down right now. Yep. But it makes Mrs. Lovett kind of the villain of the piece. Oh, yeah. Because he's murdering people, but he kind of has... You can kind of see where he's coming from there. Yeah. Maybe not the indiscriminate sort of slicing of any throat that comes under his knife, right? But there's some justification happening there. Mrs. Lovett, she's a piece of fucking work. Mm -hmm. She's just like, you kill people. That's cool. It's fine. You know what we could do? Beyond beyond that, you know. And from the moment she sees him, she's like, wow, you're really torn up about your wife. Nah, I'm not going to tell you. But she's manipulative from from well, yeah. the for, for the first time she meets him because she recognizes him. Yeah. So she starts manipulating him because she's always wanted him. But right, one of the first lines she says is, "He's so beautiful." Uh huh. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas he's saying she's so beautiful, so you know that there's, there's that whole that whole she's, chase thing going on. She's the female equivalent of Judge Turpin. Oh yeah, and it, you know there's a, a line when she's singing counterpoint in in one of the other songs. I always did fancy you, Mister Todd, and. And you know she says uh, in the cellar. Yeah, I never, I never said she died. Um, I tried. I said she took poison. I never said she died. died. Mm -hmm. But but she also implied that she was there when it happened in another part of the dialogue. Like I was, I tried to stop her. Uh huh. But exactly, she knew a lot about what happened in that poisoning. And Mm -hmm. yeah, what really, really, what really happened? Yeah. And I mean, from the get go, she was like. She could have had the world on the string, but she didn't take it. Even then, she could have figured out a way to make... This could have been a good thing for her. And then she even says the judge adopted Joanna. So that worked out all right for her. Mm -hmm. Like, good for her. I mean, she got adopted by a wealthy man. Good for her. And I mean, there's a certain practicality there, but... She's a cold woman. Yeah. You gotta wonder where Mrs. how Mrs. Lovett got the store to begin with. <laughs> you gotta wonder really. where Mr. Yeah. Lovett went. <laughs> he, well, was, so he was kind of large, you know. That was one thing that they did have in the film. There was the picture of him, and he was like, and she was like, oh, he liked to eat himself or gorge himself or whatever. So that's actually referenced, but I don't remember hearing anything. Uh-uh. There's, there's nothing, nothing in the, in the yeah, stage play about, about Mr. Lovett. Right. She's Mrs. Lovett. She's a widow, but you don't know where Mr. Lovett went. <laughs> I'm reminded of the line from the ref: "Your husband ain't dead, lady. He's hiding." It, it's got to take quite a bit of talent in order to turn a human being into food, and you know, it kind of dawns on you that maybe she's done this before. <laughs> she, she well, seems... she she's skilled in catching cats and putting them into food. So random. Hmm. Well, no, she's not skilled at cats because she because says the cats are too fast. Yeah, them but she talks away. about other random meat she can pick up off the street. Yeah. Well, she did. She did mention that a cat feed makes six, six or seven, seven at the most. <laughs> so she's apparently been lucky once yeah. or twice. Right. A cat once or twice, and a pussy's good for maybe six or seven at the most. <laughs> and I'm sure they can't compare as far as taste. <laughs> I love how lively Angela Lansbury is in that role. Like, she's always in motion. Yes. She's just a live wire. She's electric. Happy. Yeah. She's so happy in her life choices. Boing, 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 boing. That's Angela Lansbury throughout the entire play. She's hopping around. Customer! 
So another, another thing I wanted to mention is uh, Wendy and I once saw a stage production about 10 years ago of Sweeney Todd. It wasn't that, 10. It was more like 7 or 8 because I was pregnant with Teddy at the time. Okay. All right, then. It was 7 or 8 years ago. Um, it was a stage production of Sweeney Todd that was very different from the traditional thing that you just saw on my home TV. There were only, what, eight cast members? No more than ten. Yeah, wow. it was a very tiny cast, no orchestra, because the cast played their own instruments So all of the orchestration stage. was stripped down to maybe four to six instruments. Mm-hmm. And so anybody who wasn't in, directly involved in the scene was playing the instruments for the scene. And yeah. sometimes even playing the instrument while they were singing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and and pretty much everybody was on stage the entire time. So it was staged so that, you know, people drop into the background and come foreground. So Except for Sweeney. Yeah, Sweeney never except, played an instrument, I don't Yeah, I think I think you might be right. But uh, uh Love It was played by Patty Lapone, right? Wasn't it? No, no it wasn't it was... anybody it wasn't anybody famous. There is a staged reading with Patty Lapone in the role. I'm gonna have that to... you can see a DVD of. I'm the, gonna have to dig out the program. It I, was I, it was nobody I had ever heard of, okay. but she was amazing. Yeah, she was astounding. And so was Sweeney. When Sweeney did Epiphany, oh. he I was like, I didn't think I could see anybody be better than George Hearn, but you actually just seriously freaked me out a little bit. He he was kind of uh, Anthony Stewart headish. Yeah. Yeah, that that lead in that stage play. And it it was good. And when they did and, a little priest, yeah, yeah. They were groping and grinding on each other. You got this sense that when the song ended, they were probably going to just start fucking right on the bakery floor. Yeah. And it added a whole nother layer of wrong to that song. Because he's like, yes, Mrs. Todd. Ooh, Mrs. Todd. And she's like, ooh, Mr. Todd. And he's he's like rubbing his crotch against her. He's like, oh, eminently practical as always. Yeah. Oh, oh. That's a valid choice. Oh, and I'm watching that. And then when she did it by the sea, she was cleaning her bakery instruments of the blood. Yeah. Like her cleavers and stuff. She was cleaning the blood off, so they were dripping red, and she had all these bloody rags, and she's singing, by the sea, and she's using them as like, look, my little thing is a fishy. It's a fishy. It's swimming through the water. By the sea. And singing this happy song while she's cleaning the blood off shit. It was like, oh, yeah, that's a good choice. There was, there was another song... That she was playing a tuba while she was performing it. Yes. <laughs> like, she, she was just hauling around a big-ass tuba with her and performing tuba, performing tuba. Tuba. She was so good. <laughs> yeah. The, the entire cast was amazing. It was a brilliant production. Although, although that, that production, if you had never seen the show before, if you were unfamiliar with the plot, not the show to start with. Yeah. Because if you didn't already know what was going on, it would probably be pretty hard Like, wait, to who is that? Who is who that? Who is that? I thought they died. Why are they still there? You right. know? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. My vocal teacher used to give me shit. Well, he was training me about, you know, when you look at a piece of music, the composer has put those notes down for a reason. Seems obvious, right? And so when a note goes higher... That is, it, it, there's probably some importance to whatever word they put with that note, because the higher the note, the more they want you to notice it. And when a note is held for a long time, it is meant to draw your attention as well. And whenever we draw your attention is because whatever we're saying is important. So as you're watching somebody sing when they go high or when they hold a note, it's because whatever is happening there is important and it's to help convey the importance of the emotion or what is being said. And that's why it's so important to hold notes, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Wendy has opinions. Oh, it, drives, it drove me nuts watching that fucking Johnny Depp, and they kept just <laughs> shutting off the note. I'm like, well, God. well, that there was emotion there, but you turned it off. 
<laughs> no, uh, and I mean, the kid who did Anthony had a fine voice. He was weird looking. He was very strange looking. But but that's okay. He, but he, he, had, he he was fine. Joanna but he didn't have any personality. No, they but they they cut out all the stuff that would allow him to but, have personality. But he was just like, oh, hi, Mr. Todd. Yeah, I'm a nice guy. I mean, seriously, there was no performance. Well, there. the kid had nothing to do in the movie. But and he sang all the notes of the ballad Joanna correctly, and he even mm-hmm. held the note the requisite amount of time and yet it had no emotional impact he was okay. a kid he was a yeah. kid but when the guy sings it in the in, in the in the you're musical just like, yeah absolutely oh wow it's one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. just because he delivers it he just holds it it's i mean and that's a hard thing to do is just that legato of it you're just like yeah <laughs> But stage actors are used to using their diaphragm as well. Oh, Whereas yes. movie actors don't necessarily use their diaphragm oh, so well. No, 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 no. No. no, they don't. No, they don't. There was something I liked about the movie Joanna when she did her little Her voice song. was very, very thin. But it I'm not was... actually a fan of the Joanna in the stage version. Yeah. I, 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 that is, that that is a she... hard that is a, a hard role to pull it off is, well. It is a hard role, and that is a hard song. Yeah. Because it is written very high... So it's hard to understand, and you're going to sound screechy no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of deliberately written a little screechy. Yeah. And and the thing I think I like about the movie Joanna singing that song is the... It's a little bit more intimate. It's not screechy. And she can kind of sell it in the environment she's in, because she's just kind of singing to herself in her room. And, yeah. you know, you just kind of mumble it to yourself. It's kind of the equivalent of that. So it kind of works. Hmm. In 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 its own way, it would have worked I, better if the window had been open. Right, sure would. <laughs> I'm like, he can't hear her. He's like, what is this sound? Oh, look up there! I'm like, how are you fucking hearing? Yeah, closed window, closed window. <sighs> and and busy street. I mean, it would have been one thing if because you can hear through a window sometimes, and Lord knows that song is high pitched. Like dogs would probably hear it. Yeah, but busy street. And horses have no sound whatsoever. I mean, God, we know that for a fact. <laughs> they're very quiet. They're, they're tip- very, they're very, they were tiptoeing through the cobblestone streets. Yeah. They, and those wooden wheels on the carts, oh, those things were just muffled with silence. <laughs> I hear a sound, but... I'm just going to stare at her. I'm not even going to smile. He didn't even smile. He didn't smile. He just looked. He just, He's yeah. just sort of mouth breathing at her. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, with his weird Cro-Magnon face. Maybe maybe she wasn't wow. trying to you know throw him the key. Maybe she was just like, I wonder if I could get this in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> just toss the key in there. <laughs> I'm bored. Uh, it's got to be boring up in there. Yeah, yeah really. It's more like dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> oh, go fetch. Go along, go along. Yeah. I oh, you're a lousy. Back. You don't know how to play fetch. Oh, yeah. oh, look, he brought it back. Great. Go get it. <laughs> go get it again. <laughs> that's actually the key to my hope chest, but that's okay. <laughs> it's a funny thing. It's a key to the neighbor's house. Comedy. <laughs> Ah, waka waka, waka waka. So that was Sweeney Todd. One of my favorite musicals. someday I my one of my dream roles is to play Mrs. Lovett. I would just be in heaven if that ever happened. Um, so and and now we've also gone back and we've done our compare and contrast essay on why this this Johnny Depp version is just shite. Well, it is. Although I must admit, I hated it less this time through than the first time, because the first time through, all I had in my brain were, were all the other versions of Sweeney Todd I'd seen, which I love. Yeah, and then I went. No, no. At least, at least this time through, it's like, yeah, I remember this isn't as good. And oddly enough, because of that, I kind of you know enjoyed it ex- a little bit more. You knew what to expect. Yeah, you- I, yeah. I mostly was yeah. looking at uh, the cinematography. While that's a stylistic choice to mm-hmm. have it all be very black and white, chromatic, and then the blood. Wow, I didn't remember the blood being so pink. And then I, there was a point when I got distracted by Helena Bottom Carter's very dark eyes, like, shit, that's a fuckload of eye makeup. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean, well done to where it looks sort of naturally bruised. Mm-hmm. But all I could think is like, damn, they had to layer that stuff on mm-hmm. all the way up. All the, the sun never up. showed in London during that time period. Ever. Yeah. Ever. The, the, the rage in London was to look cadaverous, apparently. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
So yeah. we should ask our questions. Yes, we should. Now, oh man, we'll do David first, Barb. Okay, good. Because okay. okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, right, David, 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 question number one, who are you? I'm David Justin. Yay! I am am a world traveler. Okay. He's skipping ahead to number two. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Question number two is, what do you do? Now proceed. I'm a world traveler. I am a, I get paid to do networking for large companies. Okay. Um, I get paid to do digital photography. I get paid, well, we won't go there. Um, well, well. <laughs> I get paid to do <laughs> things. <laughs> so, David, what would be in your personal pleasure dome? My personal pleasure dome would have lots of comfy pillows, soundproofing, and just one heck of a theater. Okay. Nice. Okay. Nice. I like pillows. You're right. Nice. You're right. You, you need like a cuddle. You need it. You need like a whole cuddle pit right there. You know? Yeah. And then oh. and then the and then the theater. Oh, yeah. The the theater is not just for like movies, but like for high end gaming or what whatever you want to do as far as, as high end gaming, like having people like act it out. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Sweet. It would be the Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, with game with well, oh, like gaming. you know, hollow with gaming going on the background. Settlers of Catan, the play. Oh my god! Oh. How, how big would you make? Would would, would these be life size tiles? I need you to trade some of that. Actors, full football for that, actors. Right go front. trade. So you need she- actual sheep, actual, <laughs> you actual trees. Yeah, actual wood. <laughs> so are we going like full expansion packs no, where we no, get like barbarians is... and pirates and Ooh. pirate ships and stuff? No, this is a theatrical, so we don't need actual sheep. We need people to pretend to be sheep. sheep. Sweet. Because you don't want sheep pooping all over the place. You want people dressed up as sheep. That's a lot you, want, you want people pooping all over the place? No. No. You don't want sheep. That would be very method, though. You don't. You don't. Real sheep would poop all over the place. People pretending to be sheep would be hilarious. <laughs> But In their could... little sheepy costumes. Bah, bah. Okay. <laughs> Christmas <laughs> story. No, I don't want to think about Christmas story right bah. now. That was what's in my head. I'm a lobster. <laughs> I'm the second lobster. I didn't realize there were two. <laughs> okay, that's oh, a reference okay. to it, actually. All right. Yes, that was. Uh, All right. But because you're talking about people <laughs> in sheep costumes, um, there is a tumbler of... All of the really bad milky whites <laughs> from all of the Into the Woods. Like, it's some of them are, some of them are actually kind of okay. And then there are some that are like this horribly emaciated, like, cutout where the stomach is like maybe four inches wide. And then they have like roller skates on the cuffs so they can like roll them back and forth. And then there are others where it's like big white poofy cow costumes with like a little head thing cut out so people can see and like use their hands and stuff to direct the head. It's hysterical. Well, because whenever wow. high schools do Into the Woods, they have to pad the cast. It, yes. And they start adding in random things. So one of the easiest way to pad the cast is to make somebody be milky white, not do anything. Yeah. Except go moo. And, and run around and die. They do get to die. You get a death scene. Yeah, but I saw that. Like, bad milky whites. When you guys started oh talking, and I was just like, oh, God, this could just be a whole different how bad of sheep costumes can we make it? Okay, and... well, we'll link to that in the show notes. Yes. Oh, yes. 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 We'll link to bad, the bad milky white tumbler. Okay. Because I did see that today, and I was giggling furiously. All right, David. Yes. Question, question number, number four. four. Last question. Do you have a recommendation for our communal pleasure dome? For the communal pleasure dome? It, it could be anything. It could be a movie, a magazine, a, a, a something cool that you have found recently. Oh, I don't I don't have I don't have a recommendation for the communal pleasure dome. I would I would say I would again I would go back to the comfy the comfy pillow pleasure pit myself. That's just Okay. Okay. Well, that'd yeah. be good. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody needs more comfy pillow pleasure pits. Yes. Yes. Okay. 
Say that five times fast. Comfy pillow pleasure pit. <laughs> Comfy pillow pleasure pit. Clearly, I have not drank enough because no, there we was were a... actually quite coherent. Yeah, this we were evening. we were responsible. We only killed two bottles amongst three people, four people. Mm-hmm. No, I just had. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, all right, Barb. Who are you? Um, my name's Barb. <laughs> Yay! Now, I, I do you want? Yeah. Okay. What? what? Yep, my name's Barb. Okay. <laughs> okay, what do you do, Barb? You know how he gets paid to go and do stuff? I get paid to do nothing, because I'm unemployed right now. Unemployment! What? what? So, I get paid to sit home and apply for jobs? Yeah, that's about... that's. Hey, what's your skill set? HR, human resources. Ooh. So if anybody out there is looking for a delightfully nerdy human resources person, um, let me know. All right. Good to know. All right. What would be in your personal pleasure dome? Oh, man. God, that's really hard. I I would have one little part of the dome. I was going to say corner, but since it's a dome, it's <laughs> not really corners in <laughs> a circle thing. There would be an arc. An arc. So in one of the arc sections, there would be like a super sweet, high quality chef's kitchen with Ooh. like all of my baking stuff that I could ever want. I recently discovered that I could make my own frosting, so I never have to leave my house again. <gasps> yeah. Oh. That's what I did. I was like, oh. Good God. <laughs> see, I've, see, I like this idea. We haven't had baking supplies in our pleasure domes yet. Right? <laughs> oh. oh, wow. You're right. Yeah. 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 They're yeah, yeah. fresh, hot bakery things. Deep-fried, mm-hmm. deep-fried, deep-fried mm-hmm. deep donuts. All right, so what's your recommendation yeah. for our communal pleasure? Um, because I'm on the food, I'm just going to stick with that. Um, spicy mayo. You can never have too much spicy mayo. And if you want, it is an equal part sriracha to just regular mayo and mix. And it's delicious. Oh, my God. Right? Oh. Okay, so I figured this out. I used to work at a very large company, and they yeah. would, like, sell these tiny little, like, two ounces of like spicy mayo for 50 cents each and then i realized i was like they have mayo and sriracha in the free condiments problem solved and i'd never have to spend that 50 cents again because <laughs> yes i'm cheap that's not even cheap that's no, like no. that that wait wait wait. That's problem no, wait wait no that's resourceful resourceful yes, yes. yes. that's his problem solving yeah. i'm an hr professional who's resourceful so that's why you want to hire me all right, so listeners, this has been another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I've been Wendy. That has been Melissa. We have been joined by our two lovely guests, David. David. And Bar. Me. And we hope that you'll listen again next week when we talk about something else. I don't know what it would be. We love you all, dear listeners. No. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I could be completely wrong, too. I'm just making shit up, really. Dear listeners, I make shit up a lot.